like a whole new role in your life. So that I think that matters too, is like, if you have a major life change yeah, and it totally disrupts your, yeah, just like your emotional state and just your ability to focus 110% on yourself. It's, it's not worth, it's not always worth pushing through and it, there's always going to be another prep. We've said that many times before. And But yeah, like uh, my traveling, basically, because you know how here all of our, like the weather was so cold compared to what it's normally like. All yeah, of the okay. ferries were getting canceled for like two days straight. And so my dad was like, just take a plane, just take a float plane. <laughs> it was the only option at that point because I was just trudging through the snow downtown Vancouver and I was stuck. I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I just go home? And he's like, just take a plane. like. We're done here. I can't yeah. believe you even got on a plane. <laughs> Me too. How was there even a seat? I guess that was just lucky, but it was chaos, man. And then Ash's travels were like... Yeah, we were going to fly, but the prices were just too ridiculous. Like, from the island to Kelowna, it was over $1,000 each. each? Oh, Holy. Wow. So we were like, fuck that. Like, if I'm going to be paying that price, like, I'm going to Mexico. So... We were like, okay, let's just drive. And then thankfully, because like you said, Allison, people were like stuck in the airports for like days on end, can't couldn't find their luggage, all this bullshit. So, and then of course our ferries got canceled too. So then we had to leave on Christmas Eve. And then it was so chaotic on the highways. Like it was crazy driving there. It took us after the ferry, it took us over eight hours. It should take like four and a half. Oh my god. Eight hours over eight hours. And driving it like looked like an apocalypse. Like hundreds of cars in the ditch. It was That's fucking terrifying. Crazy. Yeah. Like we were driving like anywhere from 20 to 50 kilometers an hour the whole way. Most of the time we were at like 30. The whole oh fucking god. way. And then well, Alice and I were scared for you. Like we were like both we we're like, I hope Ash made it okay. <laughs> I know, and I, you don't have, like, service out there, like, yeah. pretty much the whole time, so I couldn't, like, <laughs> communicate with anybody, but yeah, it was fucking crazy, and then coming home wasn't as bad. We took a different way home. We actually took the Coquihalla home, which you'd think would be worse, but it was better, which is crazy, so. Yeah, I, I think there was a bus accident coming back from Kelowna, too. Yeah. yeah. That? Mm-hmm, I did. It killed, like, what five people and injured like something like that yeah that's That's so scary scary. like the roads were like for people that aren't from bc like we never get well we do get some crazy weather in different parts of the province but it was really really cold compared to what we normally get like irregularly and everyone like the whole city like basically the lower mainland just shuts down (laughs) it was way colder and then it was torrential downpour while it was colder so it was freezing rain like there was a few times we had to pull over just to scrape our windshield because the wipers would get frozen as we were driving Mm -hmm. I went to get out of the truck I had to like shoulder slam the door open because the ice had like froze my door shut while we were inside it was fucking crazy 
And then, of course, once you get a little bit higher into the mountains, it's just pure snow and ice. It was mental. That is actually terrifying. I would not want to be driving in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't go anywhere because I still can't move. So, again, I have a broken ankle. So I did not leave my house at all. And I've been at my parents' house for two and a half weeks now. It's so like I didn't have to drive. Yeah, I didn't have to drive anywhere. Um, I just watched everyone else traveling with FOMO. Yeah, but um, even <laughs> like I remember everyone that I heard that came back from Vegas or Mexico, like all of their transport was screwed up. And then I feel like everyone got the Vegas variant because everyone was sick coming back from the Olympia too. Oh yeah, every single person that went to the Olympia was completely sick like every single person that I know that went is sick so I think maybe a couple people were fortunate to have like some sickness right before the Olympia so they maybe didn't get it there but yeah most people I knew at least got something so sorry guys that's definitely frustrating too we did the Olympia recap didn't we yes we did yeah it was yeah I'm still like thinking about it all the time me too we kind of recorded that all at different houses so it was a bit chaotic as well or I did record at a different house like it felt like it felt like it was a whole different uh podcast to me I was like what am I doing here (laughs) I know I've had to record at my parents house a few times and it's like yeah different (laughs) um well speaking of podcasts today we're on episode 12 so picking shows and planning your season which is something that we have all talked a lot about over the last couple of months. Because um, picking shows is actually not that easy. Like, it, mm-hmm. like if it's your first show and there's a show, you know, that you're thinking about doing because it's in your hometown or nearby, like, that's a lot more simple. Like, picking your shows and planning your season can be, like, a really difficult and strategic move, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It has to be, it has to be strategic. So... Um, ready to dive in we are yeah I I think I have less overall experience than you guys once again with planning out a season because I've only done one show in in a year for two different years obviously with the whole pandemic in between I missed some time but I'm really excited to learn from like your guys experiences as well and yeah just I guess hopefully bring some knowledge to everyone about whether they're experienced in trying to get their pro card or if they're a new competitor getting into the shows. So let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Should we start with beginners? Like if you're a beginner and picking a show? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So how did you pick your shows then as a beginner? Myself? Yeah. Um, I, because I coached myself the first or for both times, but the first show I ever did, I coached myself. I decided to, do a show that was natural because I was told that I'd have my best chances being a natural athlete in the natural stream. And there was a, a really highly recommended show by a local athlete in my hometown. And she said, Oh, like you have to do this show because the show promoter is really good. The show will run on time. Like all of these things you just kind of had, I had word of mouth. So that actually was really, really helpful. And the prizes were really good and all of that. So it was kind of nice to have the, pardon? Oh, was it BC cup? No, this was uh T-Zone naturals. Oh yeah. yeah Back yeah, when yeah. that was a, uh, yeah, I think uh, the show promoter retired Tamara retired, but she was really awesome. And I'm super glad I did that as my first show. 
So sometimes I think getting connected with local athletes and hearing about what shows they had a good experience at, or it's a good way to get into a show or to choose a show. How about you guys? Um, I always had a coach, so they pretty much helped me plan it out. Um, And also to kind of like the same things as you said, Gabby, like just hearing from friends and like people around the gym, like what shows are best to do. I started my bodybuilding in Edmonton. So there was like a few like bigger shows there that like you just knew were better. Um, But yeah, I mostly just like talked to my coach and we planned out a couple of shows. Um, I don't know. I, I don't go into planning like a shitload of shows just because disappointment can happen and things change and mm-hmm. everything like that so I just try to plan like I kind of try to plan it out like when I'd like to start like my um preps and like what shows land within that time frame um I like to I always 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 start prepping in spring it seems <laughs> that <laughs> always is like my timeline so I don't know just kind of like yeah that go with my coach with what they think and what I want to do too. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for my first show, like I had kind of said that I always knew I wanted to do bodybuilding, but didn't know I could until I met somebody and I'm like, what there's local shows. So the moment I found out that I could bodybuild, I got a coach like the next week and we signed up for a couple months of off season so I did about two months of off season with him. And then, yeah, as soon as I heard that there was a show in March, this was in, oh my gosh, when we set up September, October. So yeah, early November, we would, it would have been time to start prep. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Cause it was in, it was in town. Like it was just in the next city over. So it's not like I had to go very far to do it. So that was really helpful. Picking one local, I think is a good idea for your first show as local as you can be. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how I picked my first one. And then from there, when, as soon as I did it, I was like, got off stage. I'm like, okay, what's next? I need to do another one now, like right away. Like I want to start planning for the next one. Cause I just wanted to have something to look forward to. So I picked another one, I think in the fall that year. And it was, um, and yeah, it was also a local, like local enough of a show. So that's kind of how I first picked my very first ever shows. And from there, like the strategy started changing, but um yeah I would say like if you're a beginner like go on the Canadian Physique Alliance website or NPC if you're in the states and just start looking around at what shows actually happen like in the cities around you um Mm -hmm. and then yeah like ask other athletes or people that you know how they enjoyed the show if it ran if it was fun um if it ran well and talk to your coach and if you have a coach and see um because it doesn't when you first start like sometimes you just have to start like you just have to pick a show and just do it so you know if you like it or not yeah and I think we talked about that part before where like do you uh sign up and like register right away or do you wait up till closer to the show and for myself for the first one I actually made myself register pretty early because I like I wanted to commit I wanted to be like I'm gonna go through with this I have to do it and it's not always the best strategy, but it was, yeah, it made me commit anyways. And I think like another good piece of advice too, is like 
what is your main goal with competing? And if it's to like go pro, then I would be really strategic on which regional show that you choose to get you to a pro qualifier and just make sure that the timelines align properly. And then from there, like then you can continue on like planning shows and everything especially if you like if your goal is to go pro just make sure that you're not choosing a regional show and then the next pro qualifier that you can do is like three months down the road you know mm. like try to strategically place them a little bit closer together if that's a possibility yeah so we should talk about that timeline so um just like ash said you want to play shows closer together if you can when you're picking them like if if you're doing a regional show just for fun like if this is your first show and you just want to do a, like a, a, a show for fun it less important when it is in the year as long as it works out with your life schedule so i know we're, we're going to talk about that later like planning things around life events and stuff but if so it doesn't really matter when it is in the year it could be in april it could be in august it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. but if you know you want to go to a pro qualifier which is the next level up um which you have to qualify to get for let's say it's in july so when you do your regional show actually really matters like yeah, a lot when um what is in your guys experience what's the ideal timeline between a regional and pro qualifier that that you guys have had the best um the best time I would say like two to six weeks. One, yeah. sure, but I don't think it's quite enough time. I think you're really lucky if you get your peak weeks right back to back and you can significantly improve in a week, but it's less ideal. I would say two to six weeks for me. Okay. How about you, Ash? See, I have always done it not the smartest way because I plan one show at a time mm -hmm. so I've had like anywhere from eight weeks to eight weeks plus between shows and mm -hmm. that it was just way too long um yeah because then you're doing like a f another whole prep at that yeah. point so I would probably stick to like if you can do it like a week apart if you are already at a national level then a week apart should be fine for you um if you come into your first show and like you have a lot of improvements to make I I would do Allison says and try to strategically plan it a few weeks apart mm -hmm. yeah and it's also too if you're planning to travel and everything too like if you're planning to travel for your your national or pro qualifier then I would definitely do what Allison says and um plan it like a few weeks apart just so you have that yeah. buffer time too right yeah and it's a lot to plan out like say like in my experience where I did my first regional just for fun and I had no idea that I would qualify or that there was even like something to qualify for if that's so bad like I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing but they were um I remember one of the judges was like oh well I'll see you um in Toronto in two weeks or whatever and I was like what <laughs> like what do you mean there's another like there's something I'm supposed to be doing next and so like yeah if you're so obviously if you're, it was so stupid like I didn't feel I didn't feel ready at all and I wasn't in many ways I wasn't and I like I only feel ready for a pro qualifier now and that's I think something that's really good to be honest with yourself about is if you say you do qualify because of whatever reasons it was a small show or you you still might not be ready for a pro qualifier. So you should be really honest with yourself and like with your coach and just say, Hey, am I actually ready to put another, whatever, two to six weeks in a prep to do a pro qualifier for something that 
you know, you don't want to end up dead last at or like oh, yeah. waste your time at. Right. I, I guess it's not a waste of time to some people, but to me, that's how I see it. I agree with you because, you know, look at the regional shows that happened this year. Like I competed at a regional show that happened to be a week before a very popular pro qualifier. And the, the only Bath- one, the only one on the West coast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like when I showed up, I was like, fuck, like, there was a lot of girls there that were very they high are too qualified. caliber. And then mm-hmm. there was a show 12 or 11 weeks later, which I was going to do. And the caliber, because of the timeline, there wasn't a pro, qualifi- pro qualifier here. It was in Toronto a week or two mm-hmm. later. The caliber of athletes wasn't as high. So the girls yeah. that had qualified probably wouldn't wouldn't make it on a pro qualifier stage the way that the other show like the girls would have yes you know I mean? that makes sense yeah so, yeah it, I am um, I know exactly what you're saying like you have to pick your your regional show strategically too like you never know who's going to show up but if it's a week yeah. before a local pro qualifier like you know people are coming there just to get their qualification to get yeah. on the next stage mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so or, again, they, or they're already qualified and they just want to do a warm-up show right like they're already yeah. they're already there like they're there for the pro qualifier yeah. yeah so like gabby was saying like you know you have to be honest with yourself and with your coach too like if you do qualify and i think that in the cpa they've changed the rules like again and I think that your regional qualification is only good for the calendar year right 12 months yeah I think it's the calendar year no it's 12 months so like if you compete in July you are you sure because they changed that it used to be I think the last time I looked it was changed again really I think so. Maybe we should all. Because it used to be like, let's say you competed. It's this year, twenty twenty two, July. Yeah, you could compete all the way until the end of twenty twenty three. Like it was good until the end of the next year, and then they changed it to July to July. Well, so it used to be twelve months from your qualification. So, like you said, July to July, and then. In COVID, I believe, they changed it to the calendar year. So if you qualified in July, you'd have to re-qualify next July. Like, it was only good until December. Oh, it's changed back now. I'm just looking at it. It just says top three in... Um, are you t- talking about pro qualifiers or regional? regional? Oh, so top three qualified to the open pro qualifiers or natural pro qualifiers for 12 months from the date of their last open regional show. Yeah. And it's good by the month. So like, let's say you competed July 1st and the pro qualifier is July 10th. So if you didn't go to the pro qualifier that year, you can still go the next year because it's within the month of July is what I was told. But it was like that, Ash. And I remember we were looking at that and we were both like, what is going on? Because it used to be way longer. It used to be, you'd get all the way till the end of the next year. Yeah. Cause I remember messaging you, Gabby being like, is this fucking real? Because they also changed the rules for us Canadians that we have to place at a national, like on a pro qualifier stage to be able to continue on to the States and stuff, which was never the fucking rule before. 
Yeah, they did that a co- like two years ago, I think. So we have yeah, to. There were a few changes during um, COVID times, and COVID, yeah. I find that the best thing to do is whatever your association is, just look at the qualifications and like the rules frequently because they do change. They change often. They change they do. all the time. It's just a fucking money grab that shit. Like <laughs> keeping Canadian athletes like in Canada longer, like you used to be able to to qualify at a regional and then you were free to go wherever you wanted with that. Like I could go and compete at an NPC pro qualifier if I wanted to yeah. with my regional qualification, but it's not like that anymore and it's just like well like the big reason like why obviously they want us to spend more money within the cpa even my coach was like what the fuck like we're the only place that does that i didn't yeah Yeah. like see i don't know what how europe asia australia like lots of places do it but it is definitely more frustrating not just because of that but because we have so few pro qualifiers as well like they've added it everywhere now so like someone from Ireland for example would have to do would have to go on a regional stage before they could go to like like in their own country they'd have to go a regional and then a pro qualifier in their own country before they could go to a different international pro qualifier it's so weird yeah it's it's just frustrating it's just one more level of money you have to spend <laughs> and the pro qualifiers are so expensive um and it's, especially when we have two a year three a year yeah. yeah and like most of them aren't happening close to us so I'm just here putting it out in the universe if any show promoters want to bring more pro qualifiers to the west coast please do <laughs> we oh, need Vancouver them. Island showdown <laughs> <Come on. clears throat> yeah. that would be amazing Fuck off. If, yeah. they, if they actually made the Van Al showdown into a pro qualifier that show over the years has gotten like bigger and bigger and bigger it's I mean really they've, got, they've got women's pro categories bodybuilding and wellness in this coming year it's going to be awesome yeah. they had but... 212 like what fucking oh yeah yeah oh that was Van City they're the same promoters oh, yeah. yeah yeah but like I mean Corey's a good promoter Victoria is the capital of BC so like yeah we should make it happen what, not, what is the, what is their promoter company called again? Why am I blanking? Influential. Influential, Influential sports. sports. They're really good promoters. Like they do not just want to like put on a regular show. Like they're constantly pushing the boundaries of like what's possible. Like instead of just saying, like, I don't know. Yeah. Instead of just having like just another regional show, it's like, why not have another, a pro qualifier? Why not bring the pro show here? Why not do this? Why not do that? Like they're always adding more to the shows and it's really, really cool to see um, getting really good guest posers or speakers, you know, like they're, they're building community at the same time. So anyway, I just really wanted to shout that out, like no plug or anything, just really cool show. Um, Absolutely. I just want to go back to timeline because that's kind of where we started with this tangent. Um, but there's like one more thing on timeline that's really important when we were talking about how far before a show, like, let's say you were doing, you're doing a pro qualifier and you want to pick a show anywhere from like one to maybe six, four, six is pretty far, like ahead, but it's not too long. Keep in mind that like, the idea is that you're stage lean for that first show. So you're maintaining stage leanness for six weeks until your next show. So that's like quite a long time. 
imagine if you're planning more than that, like more than those pro qualifiers, then you're really trying to stay stage lean for even longer. Like if you're like picking even more shows. So if you're doing just maybe two shows and they're six weeks apart, like that's pretty far, but kind of doable. But if you're doing like three shows and the first one is six weeks before the second one. And the second one is like four weeks before the next one. Like you're staying stage lean for 10 weeks. That is a very long time. Like it's a good point. Um, I think it also depends on how much a specific athlete needs to do to maintain stage lean. Like if you have to do hour plus of cardio to maintain that, that is really hard on your body. Like I know some athletes that are, you know, they're just in a good place and they're doing minimal cardio for like a few more, like, and they can actually plan for a few months in between um, pro qualifiers. But yeah, you have to be really honest with yourself because you will burn out. Yeah, like myself, I'm an ectomorph. So like, it's easier for me to stay leaner. And when I had a huge gap between shows, like the most cardio I I had done that whole prep was 25 minutes. So for me, like personally, I didn't mind stretching my prep that long because it didn't feel so like exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, like I've had the same timeline between shows before where like I came in my first show I was already stage lean um I came in nice and full and everything I placed second um next to Shanice actually who just competed at the Olympia and um and then I had I believe it was eight eight to nine weeks between before the Olympia amateur And I came in and I was like, you could see it in me that my body was exhausted. I came in too lean. I came in flat and I placed ninth. So like that does happen. So you just have to be really careful with that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we've seen that even happen with other athletes, right? You can watch them and see them at a show and they look fantastic. They're winning. And then they continue their prep for some time. And then they come in at a different show and you think, oh, I think they looked better before and it's just a you're you can see that tiredness or that depletion and just it isn't always the right thing to do or the best thing to do and so it depends on your body it depends if maybe you could take like a week and kind of um what's it called like almost refeed yourself and just rest a little bit more and do a recovery week between shows like if you can do stuff like that and maybe minimal cardio then yeah I could see it extending your prep but it's not for everybody and you got to be really honest and you have to listen to your body too, because the first time that I, I think it was, this was probably back in, I think 2018. Yeah. I competed in Kelowna and then I had, I believe it was eight weeks between that before Toronto. And I came in Toronto and like, that was the only time that I had ever peaked. My physique looked better than like it ever had. And I won that show so you really do have to listen to your body and just know that yourself like know yourself too if you can see that your body is exhausted maybe it is a good idea to like reevaluate that timeline which is another thing we could talk about too is like when you're in the midst of things too and you can see that your body isn't responding like it's okay to change your timeline it is like we've all done that Mm -hmm. this past year like heavily Mm -hmm. so Yeah, the first time I had to do it, I really took it seriously enough to cancel a show was my third year competing. So 
my first year I did two regional shows. My second year I did a pro qualifier and a couple of regional shows. My third year I did just pro qualifiers. Um, and I did the Van Pro in July. And then I did the Toronto Naturals at the end of August or at the beginning of August. And so I loved like what I looked like at that season. So when I did Van Pro, I needed to be just a touch leaner. That was like my only real feedback, like major feedback. Like there were little things like, oh, you could build this, you could build that. And the sport has changed a lot. Like if you, if you were to look back at my physique, like there'd be quite a few things to change back then, but really my ultimate feedback was like, just come a bit tighter. But Sandy Williamson came up as a special like head judge because there was pro show as well. The van pro show attached to the pro qualifier. So she is like an Olympia judge and she's the head judge. And she, I saw Ron Hache, like our president sitting next to her and point at me. And I literally heard him say, why not her? And she looked me up and down and went, mm, no. And I was like, Oh, like I could hear her say that on stage. And uh, so then I, I was like, okay, well, she's not judging the natural show. It's a different, it's natural, like whatever. So I went to that one and I looked phenomenal. My physique changed so much. I, I think, I still think that was my favorite package and best peaking and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was the head judge at the Olympia amateur, which was a few weeks later, which I was planning on doing. But I'm like, why would I go to her show if she's the head judge and she like didn't like my physique and like looking back now I would have looked completely different because I just was not lean enough at the first one which was my feedback so maybe she wouldn't have given me like the up and down and said no but because like that was it was overwhelmingly obvious that like I just wasn't tight enough but like I decided not to go compete at the Olympia amateur because I like made the choice like why would I go to be judged by the same woman who like didn't like my physique or like I and I knew there were other things I needed to be like ready for that level but so yeah that was the first time I'd ever like stopped a season part way through that's such that's actually such a funny reason to stop like I you I know when you're on stage you can tell when the judges are kind of looking at you versus not but like yeah that's really like almost a personal like like, interaction that you oh my god yeah I was like, oh, okay, fuck me then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> judging, I'm like, okay, I'm obviously not going to win this show. But, but what, at yeah. the same time, you know, that obviously let a fire under you. You brought a much yeah. tighter, better package for your next show. And probably if you did end up going to the Olympia Amateur, you would have been very happy with your it package. Been a, yeah, it would have been a very different situation. Like there was a very significant difference, but yeah. Yeah, no, we we all have totally disrupted uh, prep plans and you know I guess part of that is like being realistic with yourself if there's major life events that you have to to think about like is it worth prepping through that like for Ash for her surgery obviously Allison you didn't plan for <clears throat> your injury but there's yeah. lots of things that you you have to look ahead when you're making your prep plans and say hey do I really want to be prepping through this thing that's important whether it's travel or family stuff or weddings like lots of things like be realistic and choose shows that you yeah you make it easier on yourself I think yeah yeah like even this past year like after my regional show I was like okay I want to do another one but the only one that I could do 
because you know Canada um was 12 weeks later that's like a whole prep and I got like partway through and I was just like mentally just wasn't there anymore I just like you know I found myself like snacking on little things or you know like wanting to skip my workouts and not feeling that fire in me and I just knew at that point like if I'm not in it 110% like why am I in it at all yep I had to make the hard decision to pull out just because it was just too long like you have to listen to yourself too and I I get that like even when I was doing my prep this year I I've been I was prepping for a while actually like I wanted to take it really slow because usually I do like I don't know like 12 to 16 weeks but it was going to be a 20 week prep for uh van what's it van city showdown Mm. and then the uh the nationals after that but man like as soon as August hit, I just found that I wasn't in the same place mentally. And then like my boyfriend's little brother moved in with us and it was just like a whole new role in your life. So that, I think that matters too, is like, if you have a major life change yeah, and it totally disrupts your, yeah, just like your emotional state and just your ability to focus 110% on yourself. It's, it's not worth, it's not always worth pushing through and it, there's always going to be another prep. We've said that many times before. And, you know, I am still, like, I still, I look back at the Van City results and I, I know I could have pushed myself to get to that show and yeah. probably done very well at it, but it's, you can't let yourself think about, Hey, I, this is how it would have gone or should have gone. Like that moment's passed and you just have to plan for the next one. So that's, yeah, yeah that's how I had to disrupt myself <laughs> during that last prep yeah because I kind of feel the same way like Mm -hmm. I know that if you and I showed up to that show like you know we would have qualified and we would have been able to like move on to pro qualifiers and stuff but you're right like if the timeline is just like genuinely not working for you you have to look at it as like why am I pushing this so hard like is it truly for me or is it because you feel pressured by social media or people around you or you know because at the end of the day like we've talked about this before but competing is a luxury hobby that we all have and we have to remember that that like you know no one's forcing us to do it and we do it for ourselves so Mm -hmm. if it's not aligning with ourselves Mm -hmm. then like why are we doing it it's a good point I agree um something I was thinking about on this topic is like, how do you know that you're doing the things you need to be doing to jump into a prep? Like, are there specific things that you guys are doing with training, diet, lifestyle that you just have to have a line before you're even ready to start a prep? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say without a doubt, like you need to be enjoying training, mm-hmm. weight training four to five days a week with, without even thinking of bodybuilding like just your regular everyday life like you should already be weight training four or five days a week just because you love it and it makes you feel good Mm -hmm. Um, that's like without a doubt and same thing with meal planning like you should be having you know two to four like balanced healthy good quality meals like per day anyway as part of your normal life Mm -hmm. and like you know, nutritionally dense snacks. If like, cause some people like to do more snacking, some people like to do more meal planning, but in general, like those 
things should be just like a normal everyday part of your life at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that if you already are a competitor and you get into your off season, like some people just go completely revert back to like factory settings and like, don't even meal plan, don't even work out and then decide they want to do another show and like jump right back into it. Um, and go from like zero to a hundred, but I just, it's usually not a very successful approach. So I hear you. Yeah. I think for me, I just have to make sure that like my mental health is totally in check and I'm not prepping to, um, like fill a void of anything. I just have to make sure that like, I am stable and prepared. Yeah, you get totally out of whack sometimes. And like, you know, I have been, I've gone through preps where I've had like emotional roller coasters and it really does affect your physique and it affects your daily life. And then for instance, my last prep, I was like so mentally ready. I was so ready to be fully in it that when I was prepping the whole time, it was fun. I enjoyed every little bit of it and I didn't take that out like I didn't take any negativity out on anybody else there wasn't Mm -hmm. really any to be had so um and I do agree with Allison too like I feel like you should already be like kind of living that lifestyle a bit so even if you have to pre-prep sometimes I've done that before too where I've gone into like I tell myself okay if I can stick to my plan for the next four months like day in and day out then I'll be ready to prep. Like I've kind of um, like rewarded myself in a way with preps too. So even if you have to yeah. do that, I think that's okay. Mm. Yeah. Or <laughs> think- not even in a reward, but just planning for it. Like, okay, if I know I want to start prep in January, that means like come September, like I need to be like really like back dialed into my daily routine um, so that my lifestyle is already prep. Um mm-hmm. And it should be like, that's, if you're serious about the sport, it really should be. Um, I just think one more thing, because I agree with what both of you said entirely. Um, I just wanted to add one thing, like, is maybe not being doing too much of anything before your prep too. Like the main one for me is cardio. If your cardio is too high and you're going to start a prep, you're, you're probably going to screw yourself over and you'll have to do only more and more and more cardio just to make it to stage. So I don't recommend doing obviously cardio is great for your health and do some, like, I think all of us do daily walks and that's really good or do some warm up cardio or do some cardio, but yeah, don't be doing the same amount you do during your prep during your off season, because you'll have to do a lot more. And I think kind of the same for myself anyways, for, um, tracking macros. Like I have to, I can't be doing it too intensely. Otherwise I feel like my prep just got extended by like a long time. So I kind of, I'm with you. I do a couple meals a day where I'm tracking and then I'm still eating nutritious foods, but it might not be perfectly tracked. And then, yeah, I know I'm in a good place to start prep. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I would say with like Ash mentioning the mental health part of it, I think that that really also ties back into planning around life events and everything. Like let's say you have your like the I don't know maid of honor in a wedding like that's a lot of pressure on your shoulders while you'd be doing a prep um or for me like it 
it's funny. I was going to start prep around, you know, end of January this year. I'm not now, obviously, because of my broken ankle, but um, I was going to start prep at the end of January. And actually, I'm just going to be starting a new job at mid-January now. Nice. So I am so glad <laughs> I'm not starting prep because this is a really serious, like, serious job that I've got. Like, it's a huge step up in my career. And it's going to require, like, all of my attention for like the first two to three months so I could maybe start a prep like after two months of being at that, at this job depending on how my ankle goes but like I know I can't put all of that on my plate at once um because my mental health would not be there like I need to be 100% fully available for this huge change like life change so yeah um I would say Make sure you don't have anything major like that coming up. I, I think I see this a lot with newer competitors or people mm. that are newer to competing that they're like, oh, well, I'm starting a new job and I broke up with my partner. So I feel like this is a perfect time to start a prep because I just want to start a whole new life. And it's like, no, 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 no. And I've done that before too, like with other things in my life, like, you know, you quit the job, you break up with the guy and you want to like become your whole new self and you you know, dye your hair pink or whatever you want to do, but like, don't add like a strenuous, crazy fucking diet to it at the same time. Like it is, <laughs> you're not, no, it's not going to help any of these things. It probably won't bring you the satisfaction you're looking for. And even if it does temporarily, it could be, it could like screw you up in some long-term ways. Like I use that word really liberally, but <laughs> I, it, 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 I've never, I've never seen that go really well. That's just exactly what I said before with not using your prep is to fill a void. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I have like been in prep during a breakup and the prep was pretty much the only thing that did get me through because Real it just distracted also. me so much and yeah. mm-hmm. it gave me a purpose every single day to work towards. So I think it's... um case-to-case scenario and you just have to know yourself and know like okay am I using this to literally avoid my emotions or am I using this as a positive thing Mm -hmm. I think you just have to suss it out for yourself that's very true that's very I don't think I don't think prep should ever be used to like avoid or repress anything no because I've seen even especially I think maybe for some moms and such I've seen where it's like it's almost like it gives them a purpose and a in a way to like become themselves and like find their own thing, not just always be tied to their family. But as long as it's not something that's trying to keep you away from all of that, right? Like you have to be able to integrate everything. And man, like I'm not a mom, so I don't know how moms do it. And I have all the respect to moms that can do it. But just as long as it's something you can still bring yourself closer to everyone in your life and not just use it as a way out. Like you have to really be honest with yourself for yeah. everyone. Yeah. 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 Um, I just kind of want to also tie into a bit of another topic, but do you guys ever battle with that feeling of like you need to eat everything that you can't eat in prep before you start your prep? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Like how, what do you do? Like, what do you, do you do it? <laughs> or do you... Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just being straight up honest, like, before the night before prep I've done this almost every prep but the night before prep I will just kind of have a night where I'll eat the pizza (laughs) I'll get the candy I'll do whatever the fuck I want 
because like I don't know the food will always be there like when you're done but it is nice to kind of like you know have that last kiss goodbye (laughs) the pizza hut for you right yeah I mean I even kind of did that with Christmas like I did not have any Christmas treats I was like I'm not having any until Christmas Eve like night like with dinner and a dessert and then I know that my family eats all day fucking 25th like we have like breakfast chocolates are being opened cookies are being made we have another big dinner more dessert like and I was like okay like that was it that's enough and then of course like there's leftovers the next day and I was like you know what I'll just have like one or two other little things before I like get back on my little diet here and I totally like did like I feel like even though it's not starting a prep like it's just that little like just one more treat before I like rein it in and I think that that's like kind of a normal thing but you just have to like really assess what it means for you like for Ash like you're an ectomorph and you just are doing like one big night but I know that there's people like I've seen people put on five pounds like two weeks before a prep starts because they're like eating nonstop (laughs) two weeks before their prep starts I'm like this is you're not helping you're making your prep more more difficult so yeah don't be ridiculous in your body like (laughs) you know I am very lucky in the sense that like I am an ectomorph so like you know, I take a shit the next morning and it's all gone anyway. So. I like look at Christmas chocolates and my pants like will pop open. So, oh man, I, I, I'm definitely, I'm kind of with both of you in the fact that I will, I will enjoy myself. It probably won't be all in one night because I will feel like horrible the next day. I can't just like get, walk it off. But um, yeah, like I think it also depends on how you handle your off season. Like if you were eating treats very frequently in your off season like you probably don't need you probably almost don't get the need to like to um do a big cheat meal or try and eat everything you're missing out on before prep like it does that make sense oh yeah yeah um I'm pretty I'm pretty free with if I really want to have something in off season I will like I'll cook a really good pasta or I'll go eat a chicken sandwich like something that I and I mean fried chicken not healthy chicken sandwich (laughs) obviously Um, but yeah if you are really strict with yourself in off season it might be good for your mental health just to have you know a couple of free meals right before your prep and just not think about it I I think that could help people have a more I don't know like just a more adherence to their plan and I think it's like what Allison said too like don't go fucking crazy because you know you have prep coming up Mm -hmm. it's like you could make it more difficult for yourself like if it's a meal or if you you've been craving like a little treat or snack like you know do your thing but don't like start binging out because Mm -hmm. you know that you're gonna be dieting like that makes no sense it makes no sense yeah and also just if you're used to having like um, a standard number of calories in your off season and then for a week before your prep you have like almost double the calories every day you're going to be even hungrier you're going to feel so different going into your prep that's such a good point yeah I don't know what you guys said if I have a few days of higher calories I will be hungry the next day I eat if I eat sugar I'm ruined like I didn't eat sugar at all for like you know weeks on end and then I'll and then I had some on Christmas Eve. I had one brownie. It was like the richest, sweetest, most sugary thing I've ever eaten. And I actually felt really sick from it. Like I, I really was like, ew, like I really felt disgusting. 
But sure enough, the next morning I woke up and what was my body craving? Sugar. Mm-hmm. And like nonstop. So of course, like by, so I'm eating more treats on Christmas because it's Christmas. That's what I do. I'll eat them. I don't mind. But of course the next day, like my brain was like, okay, just one or two more things. Cause I can't stop thinking about sugar. So now I've been like, now I've cut it out, but I still like, I can't stop thinking about it. And it takes me like a week probably like a week of without any to like really flesh it out and and I don't think about it when I don't have it like Mm -hmm. at all so yeah anyway that's a really good point like you're starting your prep like with cravings that didn't need to be there so yeah Mm -hmm. and just like going off of that like know yourself too I know that I am a fucking addict so I know (laughs) when I get a taste for it like I will go crazy I will so you know, sometimes it is more beneficial to just not have that stuff even before prep because, yeah, entering a prep with those insane cravings, it's going to make it way harder. It, yeah. it is. It actually is. And I, I've, I don't, I'm not the type of person to cry a lot or like be super emotional about not having or not be able to eat certain things on prep. But there are moments I've had my last prep, I was like looking at the Cheesecake Factory because for people that don't know, we don't have one here in like BC where we live and I was just thinking about the cheesecake and man I had a moment where I was like I should have just dri- like gone to the states and ate all the cheesecake before my prep oh, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you have those regrets but it's just yeah you have you can't go crazy before prep thinking if I these are all the things I know I'm gonna crave in prep so I have to eat them now like you don't have to eat them now you don't yeah. oh. <laughs> I I said something to I said something on my story the other day and like this girl responded and she's like holy shit you just changed my mind or changed my viewpoint like on food because I said like I'm just gonna wait until Christmas like to have treats and I'm like because we made cookies as a family like two days before Christmas and we made so many like so many and uh I'm thinking like well I really want one now. And I'm like, no, I said that I would just wait until Christmas to have my like cheat meal to have my treats. Right. Mm. I'm looking at the cookies. I'm like, well, they're going to be there on Christmas. And if they're not, it's just ingredients. Mm, I saw literally flour Mm. and sugar and eggs and butter. And it's like, it's not that special. It's just ingredients you can put together. And like, so I think people get really caught up in putting food on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, and and like glorifying it especially because it's in the shape of a bell and decorated with red and green icing like oh my god but it's a homemade christmas treat and it's like okay but it's literally flour sugar eggs and butter like you could go make it next week too if you wanted to like it's so don't don't get wrapped up in this like scarcity mindset around food and treats right so yeah i really love that yeah Yeah. like the food will always be there always and you know what the time passes anyway like no matter what so you know, if you have a 16 week prep in 16 weeks, you'll be eaten again. So it's like, Like, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's not. And like, look at our North American culture of eating, like on every corner, there's a McDonald's or a 7-Eleven with Kit Kat bars and Cheetos and like diet or like pop or candy or like whatever, like that's not going anywhere. Like, and it's kind of a sad thing that like, shitty disgusting food is available to us no matter when we want any time of day any time of year like you can eat shitty junk food like if anything it's like a 
harder to find like a good clean healthy meal out like those are the things you should be celebrating being able to find and eat like yeah fair enough yeah well also just on the topic of like weeks to prep how many I think we might have touched on this but like how do you guys kind of gauge how many weeks you're gonna need to prep depends how fat I got (laughs) 20 weeks for me is like a good minimum I would say I would say like a four to eight week like pre-prep is also necessary for me. I have never done over, well, from the beginning of a prep. I've done an eight month prep before, but um, I, uh, yeah, about 16 weeks is normal. I've done a 12 week prep before too. I'm an ectomorph though. So getting lean for me is not the issue. It's keeping my muscle and building the muscle. So mm-hmm. For me, I don't have to plan such a long prep because, you know, I typically can get stage lean without within, I don't know, sometimes eight weeks. So, yeah, you just have to know your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could do shorter. I think like my old coach, his approach was always like to keep me quite full and keep my calories quite high, like the whole first half of prep. And then we'd always like go way harder at the end. And I'm like, so I really want to try a different approach where I'm like losing more consistently at the beginning. Um, I, yeah, I try to be very, very consistent. Like my last prep, I lost, you know, a pound a week, if not more for the whole duration of the prep. Mm -hmm. And we did a 16 week prep. We did have to push pretty hard just because I did have 30 pounds to lose. But again, like being an ectomorph, you just have to gauge with your body type too. talk to your coach. Mm-hmm. some people need a lot longer I know some people that do eight nine week preps and they're perfectly fine which I think is yeah. too quick but that's really quick my, yeah. I, I wouldn't even be fully into prep within eight weeks I think yeah, yeah. like do you know what I mean yeah like I just I like taking a little bit more time I like the idea of about one pound per week I don't know about you guys but in the middle of my prep there's like a certain weight where I always plateau for a bit and I just have to like get over that hump by pushing always. Yeah. yeah and then for some reason too my body just decides to lose a pound a day the last week <laughs> so always. yeah like it's just your prep will never be fully consistent I guess the best thing is just talk to your coach but yeah I think I like the idea of 16 week preps I feel like that's really realistic but once again depends how much extra body fat you gained in off season and all that too I like to do 20 like I'm telling all my new clients I want to do 20 and I think the biggest part is the mindset I do think it does take a lot of people like a couple extra weeks to get into it mentally like for me I can do that for myself with like my my own little pre-prep and like getting my headspace there and I've done this so many times right and like I know you guys have done it before too but with newer clients I think I find there are lots of mistakes still being made. If you're like, like new, new, then yeah, yeah, I can yeah. agree to that for sure. There are lots of little things like, oh, I've been measuring this wrong or like, well, I was yeah. really busy this week and I still haven't sorted my, my schedule. So I missed a couple cardio sessions and like that kind of thing happens for people in prep too. Like for me, my brain is like, no, you what? No, like why? Like, you can't do that. Like you can't miss stuff. Like 
shouldn't you have like already organized this but I think it can take some people some time and so if you're newer at it and you don't really know how long you need like throw a few extra like throw in some extra time like and it's it's helpful and it allows for diet breaks too like that's the thing is that if you have a longer if a longer prep you can you know diet hard for eight weeks take it uh, take a week off to like be at maintenance and to like let your body rest and feel recuperated and then go again like that can actually be really helpful have you guys ever done diet breaks during prep yeah I did on my last one after I started with my new coach like we did like about two weeks of a diet break and then kept going and it was really helpful I did I did on my last prep too but it was because um Van Isle showdown actually got postponed oh yeah like it wasn't I wasn't prepping for it during like all of 2020 like some people were prepping for over a year just because it kept getting pushed back with the pandemic but um at the very end I think it got postponed by two weeks or something I don't know if you guys remember I do yeah but I did take a week to recover and mm, I don't know I still I still know I could have gotten leaner and that would have helped me for that show so I don't know if I'd do it again but it helped my mental health a lot um but I in the end like I think it's always better to start your prep early be early uh, be ready early and then you can just coast into your show and that's what I would want to do in the future so yeah. probably just start earlier still maybe 16 ish weeks but yeah just like yeah be ready earlier and if not I you can always do a later show I, I don't think I would ever sign up for a show early anymore yeah and when and when she says coast in for those who like don't know what that means yeah. let's just say you're on a diet and you're in a calorie deficit of like 500 calories a day every single day and and then all of a sudden you get stage lean and you're there like two weeks before your show like you don't need to be in a deficit anymore you can just you don't have to like be in negative calories anymore because you already are stage ready so you can eat at your caloric maintenance now for two weeks and your body is rested and fed and you're not gaining body fat because you're not in a surplus so or maybe you just reduce your deficit down. Like maybe you're only under like one or 200 calories a day. Like, so that's just another way to plan it. Exactly what you're doing. Like I have been ready like um, early before, um, but I've never gone back up in my calories. I've stayed exactly where I am. And that's how I've coasted in is we've just reduced cardio and just yeah. Continue, yeah. continue doing the same calories. Yeah. You don't so want to like in case you might gain some unless you reverse into the show because that's another option too yeah some people need to like some people's metabolism starts firing like crazy and you have to increase food otherwise you start losing weight every day but yeah when I said a calorie like deficit like that could be from food or cardio but it's better to reduce it by cardio like because you don't want to look exhausted and run down so if you can take your cardio out too like um yeah, your body just looks rested, your muscles look better. So yeah, and that's all stuff like your coach will know how to do for you. Um, I'm just saying as as someone who's still coaching myself, that's just how I'm going to plan to do it. I'm just, I need to know I can be lean enough and I need to prep myself so that I can be stage ready at least a couple weeks before. So whatever that means, maybe it means a 20 week prep for me. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. What do you guys think for planning? Since we're talking about planning seasons, like obviously all of ours have changed from what we thought, but like, what are you guys kind of planning for your next seasons? Like in terms of weeks out or when prep might start? I know, I know Ash, her answer is probably going to be really simple. So I'll let her go first. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to wait till 2024. I'll probably do the same timeline that I was planning to do in 2023 and 2024. So I'll start prep January 2024 for Arnold's. I have to qualify for Arnold's. Oh, that's right. Why did that happen? I thought they took it away. No, I still have to qualify regardless. So I'll probably do Venal Showdown um, Mm -hmm. April 2024. And I'm really excited because my friend Shay, she's talking about coming back 2024 as well. So, um, oh man, I I loved her look. I'm excited for her comeback too. I know. So we've been chatting because we've always been like prep buddies. So, um, yeah, I think I'll do that. And then that's all I have planned so far. Okay. So little fun fact about the Arnold's you it used to be that if you wanted to go to an international pro qualifier, you had to step on a Canadian regional stage unless there weren't any in your country. And the Arnold's might be early enough in the year that you that there aren't any Canadian regional shows before it. So I don't know. I could be completely wrong. But for a very short period of time, that was the qual- Arnold's qualification. I know that there is um, an Alberta Winter Naturals in February, so I don't know. That must be new. Damn it. Because like last year, it would have been the case. Like they changed the they changed the qualification rules like every six months, I swear. But yeah, just we just got to keep looking at the (laughs) the updated ones. But for me, it just um, my my plans are I'm still trying not to solidify anything because I don't know how long I will recover from my surgery. I was told that I'm definitely not supposed to train for six weeks, which is not going to happen. I know myself, I'm going to end up doing something before then. Now Alison knows the struggle. Like you guys both know the struggle of being able or being told you can't train and like having to rest. So yeah, depending on where my body's at, how much weight I gain or lose during that recovery period where my mental health is at probably something in July. If not, then there's the, um, like the Van City open and reach or naturals in the fall. So there's, there's lots of options, but I don't have anything planned, but I'm hoping I can volunteer for a lot of shows this year too. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, I was planning on doing the Vancouver pro qualifier and the um, natural Canada pro qualifier. So, um, July and August. So I would have to qualify for each of those at a regional show. So there are regional shows in July that are like a week before. Um, but I didn't want to do like two regionals, like an open and a natural, like one week before a pro qualifier. Oh yeah. So Cause I- you have to qualify in naturals to compete at a natural pro qualifier right yeah so it's two different shows so I if I want to do van pro which is open they have an open show one week before a regional so I'm like okay great but I also have to qualify for the natural stream which is also a week before van pro so it's like I'd be doing three shows within a span of seven days and that is a lot like you can do a show a week apart but like like we said with Ash last year she did that show and you are like, it is stacked with people just trying to come and qualify. So what happens if you don't make it? So I, w- what I was going to do is, <laughs> that sounds crazy. I was going to fly to Ontario and do uh, two shows one day apart an open and a regional. And this was five weeks before Van Pro. So I could fly out there for a weekend, 
do the open and the natural show one day, one, like one day right after each other. And then I would have five weeks to come home and like tighten my physique, work on my posing, like continue my confidence, like, because you have to kind of do shows as a warm up. Um, I, and then that's, if you also, if like worse comes to worse, let's say you didn't qualify at those shows, then you'd yeah. have another chance to qualify yeah. week before. That's not a bad yeah. idea. So that was like my ultimate plan. And I was so excited. And like literally the day before I broke my ankle, I emailed my coach about it and I sent check-ins and he was like, yeah, I'm so excited. I got so many big plans for you next year. And like break my fucking ankle the next day. So that's not my plan anymore. And I could potentially do the Vancouver show still, like looking at the the timeline, looking at everything. Um, but now that I'm kind of forced into rest, I'm going to be honest, I have really enjoyed the traveling I've done this fall. And I'm kind of like wanting to plan another hike, like, a, like an international hike, like go hike, like the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in Peru or hike Kilimanjaro in Africa or something like fucking crazy. And the like a really good time to go do those kind of hikes is like March, April, May. So I'm, and it's expensive. So I'm like, I might just push my competing season back to the fall now because so I, I don't, don't know. I'm just laughing because only you would on a broken ankle with like plates and screws be thinking about your next hike. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I love hiking. So now that's kind of my plan is maybe push my season back so that I can go hike. And like, I wouldn't be able to do the natural stream this year, which would be a bummer. Um, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I think, I think there's, um, there are some obvious benefits to that as well, because for us in Canada, there's a number of shows that line up well in the fall, like, like the Van City Open and and Naturals together. And then yeah, the van, Canadian um, the Canadian Nationals, and then the Olympias earlier this year as well. Yeah, but is Olympia before? No, it's not before. Na- it's, it's after, almost a month okay, after. Good. Yeah, so I would be, so I'd be eligible to go do that as well. Yeah, so, so it does kind of make sense that plan. And that is the most stacked route, though, for Canadian athletes. Like, true. there are way more athletes in Ontario then there are in BC obviously just population wise they have way more shows more pro qualifiers whatever so like if I'm doing that route like I am up against like the most athletes the the highest caliber athletes and ones that are looking to go to the Olympia amateur so like you're setting yourself up for like the most difficult like qualification honestly though the way I see it is that if you want to be the best you're gonna have to beat everybody and I know it's just scary like it's it is just scary yeah. but you you do we we all talked about it because we all send check-ins to each other and we're all really honest with each other in here but we've seen the density you've put on like you can be there oh I'm losing it all <laughs> whatever okay actually though just gotta say it's actually crazy how I'm not that bothered by it. I will gain the muscle back. It's fine. Like bodies recover. There's muscle memory, whatever, but simply not using a muscle. Like you can, it's like a difference between having a pump right after you work out. Not like when you don't have a pump, you look at your arms and they just like soft and flat and like, you don't have any muscles at all. And then you go lift and you're like, wow, look at my shoulders, look at my biceps. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting, I sit down and I look at my legs and the one that I haven't stood on for two and a half weeks is visibly smaller. Like, significantly like other people I pointed out I was like look at how much smaller this leg is already and they're like oh my god because 
it's just the muscles just not being used. It's just yeah. flat. Especially leg. because you're like hobbling on one leg. All of the, so it's all of the work. Carrying all this booty around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. So anyway, that's kind of the plan for the, the season would be um, maybe like if I really feel ready, like I think I have no choice, but just wait and see how I feel with my new job and with my ankle. But if all this, so when is the show beginning of July, right? So I'd have to trip for June, May, April, March. So I'd have to like start prep at the beginning of March. So I have two months basically to, to decide if I'm ready to prep. And that's pretty crazy considering I want to go on a hike, a big hike in March. Like it's probably, or April, like it's probably not going to happen if I want to go do like a big hike like that. So yeah you know that's a big thing to consider too right like we talked about this in our last episode like you know for myself a huge thing to pushing it to 2024 not only was it to build my physique but I have other goals that competing it just doesn't align you know like I have financial goals that I want to reach and that's okay and like you have travel goals that you'd like to reach and that's okay too right like it's okay again this is a luxury hobby it doesn't pay our bills so it's okay to like take some time off of it to do other things in your life yeah and I don't think I realized how much I missed traveling I mean I did I love traveling this is like doing big international trips like that like going because I just did a big hike in Ireland and I've done the Mount Everest base camp hike and like you know, going to Europe and just traveling around just for fun. Like those, that's something that's like a huge part of my life and like my identity. And so with COVID, like the world being shut down, like I had to just give it up. And then all of a sudden I got to go this fall and do a few trips and I'm like, oh yeah, like this is what I live for. Like, you know, so. I think that matters too. Like if those things are important to you, I know some people can prep through certain trips and you, it's realistic for some trips. It's not for others. Um, yeah, but maybe if you're like, within the, yeah, maybe within the first like few, like, let's just say I did a hike at the very beginning of my prep. Well, I'm really active as long as I bring some protein powder with me and maybe there's an opportunity to go to the gym a little bit, but like, it's really not a huge deal. Like if you have a lot of muscle, but um, yeah, if you're like four weeks out of a show, like don't be going on a big giant holiday. Right. So Unless, like, you don't want to take it super serious. Like, I know a girl who, like, she just competes for fun, and she did that. She went to Mexico. I think it was, like, two or three weeks before her show because she's, like, I'm just doing this for fun anyway. Mm -hmm. It's, like, I'm not going to, like, pass up an opportunity to, like, take a trip. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm way too fucking competitive. Like, I would never even think about doing that, you know? Actually, though, when I went to Mexico this fall, I went with, like, I think I'd mentioned on the podcast, I went with a girl who, like, lives the bodybuilding lifestyle, like, more hardcore than me. Like, she's, like, me in prep every day of her life. Like, I give her the biggest props for this, but when we went to Mexico, we literally woke up every morning at the exact same time. We had a super healthy breakfast every morning from the buffet. Then we went to the gym for like two hours and then we went to the, and we just walked all day. We walked everywhere, got all of our steps in. And then we just went late at the beach. And I'm like, 
this felt like prep. Like the whole trip felt like prep, but in Mexico, I'm like, I could do this. So yeah, yeah maybe so, some vacations are yeah. definitely more realistic than others. Like maybe yeah. not like going to your, your best friend's bachelorette party. Like that's not so realistic to say you're going to prep through. Yeah. And like uh, suss it out first. Like if you have the opportunity, like who are you going with? Is there a gym available? What is the food options in the area? You know? Yeah. No, for me, if I'm like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, like I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be prepping for show. No. My God. No. Well, maybe if you like planned your fucking macros out properly, you could That's just. That's true. If, it, if, if I treat it as like a losing body fat trip, then maybe. I mean, you're hiking every day. So <laughs> I plan on hiking for like the majority of my cardio in my next prep. So you never know. Might be the thing you need. <laughs> Come on, ankle fucking start healing up I was looking at little diagrams of like how the bones grow together and I was like oh I wonder what stage I'm in I'm in like stage one. Oh. <laughs> oh man buddy what is your timeline looking like I don't know I have a I have a follow-up appointment tomorrow and then I'm getting another x-ray to see how it's all healing and I'm able to put some weight down on it now um I can't walk yet like at all like it's I'm totally not there so yeah send um, us updates please and post them on your so story been, too. yeah so it's been two and a half weeks tomorrow I'll post an update for sure after I've talked to the surgeon and got more x-rays but um I just really hope that like by about they said by six weeks I could take the boot off which means I could drive myself because you can't you can't drive with the boot like it's my driving foot so yeah if but then they did say though like you are healthy and young and like an athlete so you know you may be able to get the boot off a lot sooner so i'm like please. maybe you should just hop on some hgh for a little bit yeah, human <laughs> growth hormone and heal up i actually had a bodybuilder i had two bodybuilders like send me dms on instagram and being like i don't know if you're into this kind of thing but if you inject <laughs> with blah 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 like this or that like you know it actually might really help your healing and i was like oh I wish, but no, thanks though. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me at all. You got yeah. those messages. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All I know is HGH is hella expensive. So you'd probably. Oh, I mean, bodybuilders spend like thousands of dollars a month on. on but I know HGH specifically is like yeah. ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how much it is, but I, I know it's fucking expensive. It's, it's $1,500 for a, what, it, like a kit like a like a package of it like a yeah how long does that last or like like depends on the person I don't know depends on the person probably like a month yeah like fifteen hundred dollars a month for so hgh is human growth hormone so like our bodies produce it naturally but that's like what builds cells and repairs cells so (laughs) bodybuilders will take it to like like it literally repairs your cells and builds your cells and helps you grow so your recovery and the growth of your muscles and recovery from your workouts is like through the roof so Sounds that's like why they would have that's why they would have told me like you should take that while you're healing so that you have all this extra growth hormone to like get your bones to heal so anyway. just become a little uh, goblin. what sorry then maybe you should just become a little sarm goblin I think she needs more than sarms for that ankle. <laughs> yeah. I need Ske- I need Skelegro from Harry Potter. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, I'm such a nerd. Okay, you guys. All right. Well, anyway, those are our show plans. Those are us planning our seasons. Kind of sounds like Gabby and I are on like a similar route. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Just once again, like 
back to what we talked about it just totally depends like there's there's a lot of life that's still up in the air and until I know how my body recovers I'm just like I'm not gonna force plans on myself yet yeah (laughs) I'm just trying to mentally get through the idea of having surgery first yeah Yeah, I'm so excited for you I know and one other benefit sorry the the only real major benefit here of me breaking my ankle um is that I'm not doing cardio. So for the first time ever, I will be doing literally zero cardio when I like get back to training. And I don't think I'm going to add any at all. I think I'm just going to like finally have an off season with zero cardio whatsoever outside of like going for a walk or something, which is, which is gonna be really hard because I do it because I love it. Like it makes me feel so good. Even if it's just 20 minutes, like, like, you know, five days a week, like just a week. So, but like, I'm going to do none for the first time. (laughs) It's nice to like not do any and then because I also love cardio and I I don't do any right now. I haven't in the last like two weeks, um, but I get excited for prep because I get excited to like start doing cardio. So yeah. it kind of gives you something to like also look forward to too. So I think that'll be good. Like I've always had to get my cardio so high and I partially think it's the way that I used to prep. Like again, my old coach would keep my calories so high um, at and, and I always would start with really high cardio. And I think that we're going to do it a little bit differently now with my new coach where like, I'm going to start with zero cardio and obviously a bit lower calories, but um, then it is a bit more of a tool. Like I'm, I'm really hoping I don't have to get up to two hours of cardio, like Ooh. for an hour and a half oh, to two. I, no. Yeah. I had to do two hours for a week on my last oh, prep when I was like, it's, it's exhausting. It's really hard. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. So well, yeah. We wrap it up then? Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I just hope that this, you know, gives some insight to people, you know, for planning their shows. Cause we're coming, this will drop in the new year. So guess that's kind of exciting yeah <laughs> exciting. Happy new year. yeah exactly happy new year uh, we'll, we'll, we'll drop on new year's or no on jan 2nd anyways yeah no it's kind of it's a good timing i think to talk about this and yeah and then everyone can just hear how we discuss it too it's like a lot more informal and casual but we're just throwing out ideas there and you know it helps to talk to other competitors about too so hopefully you guys have some connections and if not feel free and dm DM us we can talk about it too about planning your shows yeah this is like literally all we talk about (laughs) the way that you guys heard us talking about it is the way we talk about it you just bounce ideas off of your friends and it's fun too to like I don't know if you have a prep buddy to like, I don't know, even plan them together. I love doing that too. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Overall Package Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Overall Package Podcast. I'm Astronaut Fit. My Instagram is Allison Ann Fitness. And I'm Gabrielle Follietta. Bye. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.